fellow fiends. Welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The horror podcast with zero credibility, but all of the blood, ghouls, and gore. Your puny heart can handle. <laughs> Let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John, and today we are counting down our individual top 10 films. 2017. The best horror of 2017. Best horror asterisk genre right. of 2017. I am super excited. I feel like this came up very fast. I have said it before and I'll say it again. I hate lists. I hate having to pick which is better. Like I just, I would rather say in no order whatsoever, here's some You films put too much like. weight on it. I, I picked, do. I picked my favorite films, I threw them in order, and I was done within five minutes. And you've been humming and hawing for several days. Yeah, and it's mainly humming and hawing over like two or three movies at the bottom that I keep swapping around and like, oh, maybe this should be my honorable mention. I basically <laughs> did the same thing you did though, right? Like I, I just... You just load them all up, know which ones are your favorites, yeah. and then figure out, like, did I like this one more? Didn't I? My hardest problem was that we kind of rushed to watch a bunch of movies that we hadn't yet seen that had a lot of great buzz near the end of the year. Yep. And so I have a whole <laughs> bunch of movies spinning in my head that I really, really enjoyed. And I don't know if I'm going to wait them too much because they're so recent and some of these films we saw way back in January, February. Yeah. So I tried my best to wait them appropriately, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing, but it's very hard for me... To do that. I, my favorite movie is the one I just saw. That's that's really always true. That is always true. And, yeah, trying to figure out how I would have felt about a movie that I just watched if I had seen it months ago has been tough. <laughs> it's really exciting because we've been very secretive. I don't know John's picks. He doesn't nope. know my picks. Mm -mm. So I think there's going to be some conflicts of opinion in yeah. this episode. And I'm, I'm going to say that we will have a couple that are, I think, placed the same. I, I would At least so. two, I Definitely think. Definitely near the top. Are our right. lists are probably going to be pretty similar. I'm going to say we're probably going to have about six the same. And then it's just shuffled around in different orders. Yeah, and then there's going to be a few like, what? You put that on your list? Okay. okay. That's cool. Okay. You do you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to our lists, we do want to say Merry Christmas to all of you. Our last episode was a little bit of a um, fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah. We were in the veil of Guillermo del Toro love, and we were recording episodes kind of a few weeks in advance. So we did miss out on Christmas, but we did not miss out on the New Year. I suppose that's so, true. <laughs> happy New Year's, Merry Christmas, happy whatever you celebrate, or happy celebrate nothing, happy it's snowing maybe where you are. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is our last episode of 2017, though, so next time we talk to you, it's going to be like another year away. Yeah. Next Thursday. <laughs> next Thursday. <laughs> but before we get into our top favorites, John, what is keeping you creepy this week? You know, I've been giving a lot of shout-outs over the year, uh, <laughs> and you know, I don't necessarily try and rank my favorite shout-outs in order, like this one was better than this one, but definitely like close to the top, Alex, I want to say thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. 
Um, also, like, near Christmas. That's a big thing to be like, you know what? Right? I'm going to add this expense right near Christmas bills. Uh, I am the opposite, to be perfectly honest. I'm just like, <laughs> what can I get rid of? Like, do I need to wear this shirt? It's going on Kijiji. <laughs> do I need cell phone anymore? <laughs> Yo, uh, yes, everything do. that I can possibly save money on leading up to Christmas is my mindset. But thank you so much, Alex. If I was a Christmas tree full of crazy, bloody ornaments that are outlining a year in genre film, I'd make you the star on top. Thank you so much, Alex. This show would be a nightmare without you. I don't know if I can picture what it... Uh, so right near the bottom, okay. we, we've got the bye-bye man. Or, the a bullshitty bye-bye <laughs> man. Just pointing at like the one present you know is going to suck. Uh, oh. And then right after that, we've got several... The bye-bye man tried. He, yeah, I mean, Doug Jones is Doug Jones. He's awesome. Yeah. The movie itself fell short. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about every movie that came out this year. But that tree is obviously full of, like, 16 James McAvoy ornaments. Oh, that would be fun. If a it was creature like, from the Black Lagoon. Like I'd... a fold-out photo, like, you know... Oh, like the people connected with their hands, like scissor people? <laughs> yeah, is that what you call them? like scissor a garland people? of people. That's brilliant! That's the garland on the tree? I love it. We should fucking do that next year, by the way. A Christmas tree and all the decorations are from the movies that came out. All right, you tell me where you're going to get that time from, and, uh... uh... Well, I've got a whole year. Future me will figure it out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Flash forward to this episode next year, you're like, I haven't made my list yet. <laughs> <laughs> but we are recording this episode a little bit in advance. We are before Christmas at the time of recording, so mm. we haven't yet had our Christmas drunk. Um, <laughs> I mean, presents. <laughs> All right. Our, our annual traditional Christmas drunk. I mean, eating, whatever. We are actually going to check out a double feature that is super killer. We're going to see White Christmas first. Yeah, White Christmas at 5 p.m., followed by Black Christmas at 8. And that is... Saturday, so we're heading downtown to check that out. I haven't watched White Christmas yet, and it's kind of really high up on my list of Christmas movie watchables, and I'm really struggling to get through the end of December not mm -hmm. having seen it. I've watched Holiday Inn like three or four times because that's just Christmas classic. Oh, yeah. And as a Canadian horror fan, how do you go this long without watching Black Christmas, right? <laughs> you say that, but I'm still kind of new to Black Christmas. I am going to watch it be because it's a thing. I can't wait to see it in the theater. Thank yeah, I'm you. excited to see it in the theater. Yeah, thank you again, Len, for the hookup. We did not know that this was happening in our own backyard. I know. I, as soon as we saw the tweet, I think it was a tweet. Uh, Facebook. Something. You bought tickets. You're like, get in them now. <laughs> yeah. And we've been planning our entire Christmas weekend around the, the, this stupid double feature because we were going to go to Niagara Falls and then we're like, oh, wait, we can't. We have two movies to see <laughs> because you already bought the tickets. Oh, it's so great. But, I mean, we've got this nice little sliver in the, in the morning to go to the Guillermo del Toro exhibit again. Just saying. Well, that depends on the 10 to 15 centimeters of snow we're getting. You mean the 10 to 15 centimeters of fun? I'm down for it. <laughs> Alright. It's going to be a fun Christmas weekend. I'm kind of excited. Yeah. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? Do we want to just get into some movies? I'm excited for this. I'm really excited too, but before we go into our top 10s, I just want to say that Nightmare on Film Street is finally on Spotify. Wham, 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 wham. <laughs> yeah, sound the arrows, guys. If you've been listening to this on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, and it's not your preferred platform, it's on Spotify now. <laughs> you can create your own playlist, throw in some Rob Zombie, maybe some early Marilyn Manson. More Nightmare on Film Street. Yeah, another Nightmare on Film maybe Street. Maybe some Nightmare episode. on Elm Street. <laughs> oh my god, have you seen the box set? You've seen the box set for that, that Nightmare on Elm Street box set that's coming out. It's like nine fucking vinyls. It's the soundtrack to every single goddamn movie. Is it the house? No, it's the box of souls. Oh. It's like Freddy's chest, I think, where he's got all the faces and shit. Oh, it looks good. And there's different artwork for every movie and the composer. 
composers have their own liner notes. And, uh, That's fun. The great. horror record game, I think this year, has just gone out of control. Especially with Waxwork making that record that you can read along to an original comic book like Creepshow. Jesus. But there's just everything. Any movie, any horror movie, if it's not out this year, it'll be out next year. Mm -hmm. Everybody is getting in the horror record game, and kind of amazing they're putting out some really quality stuff there's some really killer vinyls and the artwork and everything yeah it's, i'm not a huge record person but i want to own them just to have them. oh they're oh, <laughs> as close to uncompressed sound as you could possibly ever get uh-huh <laughs> yeah the artwork's nice and big i know like <laughs> it's it, but it looks so special because you can't fold it and you got to keep it all pristine and it's all pretty oh it's so great yeah 2017 a crazy year for horror memorabilia horror music and uh, tv but, obviously, big year for movies. Let's get into it. Given that we're probably going to have some overlap, I'm going to read my number 10, you're going to read your number 10, and we are going to continue reading our list until a film has been mentioned twice or the other person discloses that it is not on their list. What do you mean? So, I mean, if I say... I don't want to disclose. I think if your number 10 is my number 5, you talk about it for two minutes, and I go, oh, that's really nice. I like, yeah, good idea. Oh. And then when number 5 comes, I'm like, you know why mine was number 5? Because these reasons. With that much passion. <laughs> and that much vigor. Okay. Fine. I'll go first. Because that way, you will, we won't spoil the rest of the list by being like, guess what's not on my list? Okay, sure. All right, no big deal. No big deal. Because I have some surprises up my list sleeve, John. Okay. Are you going first? You go first. For me, coming in at number 10, Super Dark Times, a movie that we just fucking watched. Wow. Okay, what's your description? My description? Okay. <laughs> oh, well, you don't have a description. This is honestly like the darkest coming-of-age movie. I don't even really want to call it a coming-of-age movie, but I mean, we've got teenage boys, teenage girls having teenage problems. So, uh, coming-of-age. That's just how it goes. <laughs> this is a movie that got away from us at Fantastic Fest. We've been sort of, uh, not necessarily chasing it, it's been on my radar. Mm -hmm. We'd heard a bunch about it, and as, you know, more and more reviews started to come in, I kind of realized that it was a movie we really missed out on. I was really glad to finally see it on VOD just a few weeks ago, and it is so much better than I thought it was going to be. Visually, this movie was eerie. It was sinister, and it's just, it's such a simple plot. We have... An inciting incident <laughs> that really sets the course for the rest of the movie. And we just follow how an event affects several kids. And it's such a simple plot, but it goes to such incredible places. And it's just so well put together that I'd highly recommend it at the bottom of my list. So <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of the top. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, I, I was unsure whether or not I was just super impressed with it because I'd seen it recently. Mm -hmm. I was unsure if it would have stood the test of time over seven or eight months. So I, I really wanted to include it because it was definitely one of the best movies I've seen this year. And I kind of just immediately put it at the bottom as a safeguard. <laughs> <laughs> and Super Dark Times is currently available on VOD, so you can rent it. Oh, yeah. You can probably own it. It's written by the guys that wrote Stephanie which hasn't come out yet from Blumhouse. Oh, cool. And also the movie Siren, the oh, okay. spin-off of that VHS short. We should mention, too, we are going to be talking about some festival films, so some of the films are kind of up in the air as for release, so we'll yeah. let you know if you are able to rent the movie we're talking about, because we don't want you guys to get all excited about a film and be like, and I have no idea where the fuck it is, which is some of my picks. That's okay. I mean, they are all coming, that's for damn sure. 
So my number 10 is Berlin Syndrome. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it, I was humming and hawing on whether I wanted it to be an honorable mention or if I wanted it on my list. But the more I thought about it, the more it really stayed with me. It was kind of a late night watch. We found it on Netflix. I had heard about the film. I'd seen the trailer. I had no idea that it was out. It follows Teresa Palmer. She's an Australian tourist. She goes to Germany and she's doing the backpacking thing. She's very interested in art. She meets this guy. They have a one night stand or so she thinks and she ends up locked in his apartment and the story is really simple and basic but it does such a good job at exploring being confined and what confinement means for a particular character it's mm. not just a woman is confined it's this woman is confined plus it's got this really cold gray color palette it's a beautiful movie to watch and it's so bleak and it's not quite horror but it's very sad and dark yeah and I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And it, for a while, while I was doing my swapping around, it was in my top ten. It was very close to being in that number ten spot, which Super Dark Times took. Wow. Okay, so Berlin Syndrome is currently on Netflix to stream, and it's also available on VOD. I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> number nine, John. All right, coming in at number nine, the French horror comedy Le Manoir. Oh. I have a feeling this might be somewhere on your list. I have no faces for that. <laughs> okay, so we are following a group of friends that have rented a mansion house. They are having a New Year's party themed for 1999. It is great. It's like every 90s horror movie that you've seen dropped in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of characters that are fucking hysterical. One of these characters is essentially Hunter S. Thompson. I swear to God. Well, you know, one dude is trying to become an actor, but everybody's playing up on these archetypes as well. So, like, they're really explaining away why it happens. The same that you would in, say, Cabin in the Woods. But this was probably the movie this year that I laughed the most at, horror or not. It was a laugh out loud riot. Yeah, I was... I was trying to look up if it was available on <laughs> on things. <laughs> just, just you know, for the heck of it, right? I don't know if it's. A, did you did you find anything? I don't know if it's available to, on VOD or anything. I haven't come across it yet. It is a festival film. It's making its way around. Yeah, we saw it at Fantasia Festival in Montreal. So I want to talk about that movie. But my <laughs> number nine is The Ritual. Okay. Which we caught at TIFF this yeah. uh, just this past September. It is a film based on the novel by Adam Neville, and it follows a group of friends who go on a hiking trip in the Scandinavian wilderness to honor a friend that died suddenly and tragically mm -hmm. in a robbery. Yeah. They're... Or a liquor store robbery. And one of their friends was actually there and witnessed it, and he harbors a lot of guilt surrounding the incident, and the film kind of deals with that guilt in both both a real-life, literal horror, and it blends it with this dreamlike story, and it merges the two things right there in the woods, so you're following this actual linear horror story, but you also have those dreamlike visuals occurring right in the woods, and at some point, you, you're wondering, is this actually a horror movie, or is this about some guy's demons? And it does some surprising things, and it kept my attention the entire way through. The end quarter of the film was a pleasant turn of events. Oh, yeah. And not often do those movies surprise me in a positive way near the end. Yeah, I do remember a specific point, like, right in the third act where it's like okay well we know where this is going yeah it's not and then it great. didn't do that and you were like hey wait a minute yeah where are you going there story <laughs> uh, what do you think you're doing 
<laughs> we actually have an interview on the site right now with the author. If you're interested in reading the book before the movie comes out, I know it was picked up by Netflix, so it's oh awesome. Yeah, so it should you know land in your living room soon enough. Yeah, if you are located in the UK, I think it's still doing a theatrical run, so you Dope. might still be able to catch it in the theater. And definitely do. Yeah, oh, man. for sure. And, I mean, if you want to hear more about that film, I actually did a... My review is on the website from when we saw it at TIFF, so you can hear, like, my full thoughts on it there. <laughs> so what's your number eight? Coming in at number eight, Get Out. Oh. Early in the year. I had to rewatch this movie... Um, like, two days ago we rewatched it. Yeah, because I was pretty confident that I was going to keep it on my top ten. I remember being really impressed with it, but I was worried that, you know, on a second viewing it wouldn't be as strong. And I, I, I kind of needed to figure out where to place it. It's a common theme with me, but, like, what's brilliant about this movie is its simplicity. Like, there isn't necessarily a whole lot going on in the first half of the movie, but it's how each of the characters withhold information from our main character. And, you, like, you can see it. Like, you're, there is a sense of unease when he steps into the house, when you're in there with him, and you don't necessarily know why. There's just something's not right, and you just feel uncomfortable for him. Mm-hmm. Well, and also there's a sense of awareness, too. You know what you've seen in the trailers. You know the title of the film. Yeah. Everybody knows there's something not going on right in this house, and it plays up on the fact that you know something's not right with this family, mm-hmm. and you don't know where it's coming from. All you know is that your main character is picking up on it, and you want to shout at him the entire first half of the movie. So brilliant, right? Like, just the sheer fact that you are screaming, man, just get out of the fucking house! <laughs> and you don't even know why! <laughs> not at all. You have no idea yet. And, you know, much like him, you're, you're sort of leaning into it. Like, okay, well, wait, 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 why is everybody acting like this? What's behind this door? What's behind that door? But absolutely everybody, from Catherine Keener to Caleb Landry-Jones, just as the crazy, oh, he is a- weird-ass brother. Nuts. He's nuts at everything that he's he in. He is nuts at everything. But, like, Jesus Christ, is he, like, everybody in this movie is giving such a great performance, especially Daniel Kaluuya. That is really what kills this movie for me. I mean, like, I love the, the sunken place visuals. I think that's brilliant. I think his character alone is so well-suited for that sunken place, because as a child, he's frozen in place, watching television, and now now retreated inside his own mind he's essentially watching a television sized version of his own life passing by oh man I, I think I like this movie more on that second viewing not that you know I, I would occasionally see things like oh this is really interesting they're shopping him around at this party like that that sense was there when we saw it in the theater but knowing all of that info going in for your second viewing it, it's an even better uh, movie watching experience the movie's out on DVD it's been out for a little while now I think it's also on HBO HBO Go in Canada we have TMN is TMN a thing in the States? I think so I thought they just had HBO I don't know why so it's on TMN guys yeah <laughs> if you have like a demand platform for it it's it's there but yeah it's on blu-ray and dvd if you don't already own it cool my number eight is le manoir all right <laughs> that's good that worked out it's not so far away yeah i really enjoyed that film we knew nothing about it we went to go see it and it was such a riot and you were so dead on by saying it was like your favorite 90s horror comedy i would compare this film to and i know what you did last summer oh man and even maybe even like a sillier scream it reminded me kind of of housebound that more newer oh, man, film I love that, that came movie. out yeah in that same kind of comedy mystery blend and it's such a silly 
fun film. It's definitely good for watching with a bunch of people. I'm definitely. so glad we saw it in an audience. They definitely knew what they were going to see because they were all like shouting and laughing at the screen and stuff. And well, we saw it in uh, in Montreal. And, you know, they're French speaking there, of course. The trailer that we watched did not have English subtitles. Oh, I remember too. We were we sat near the edge in the back of the theater because like there are no subtitles. We have to leave this movie <laughs> because we're not going to know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, there were, and I... it was such a fun experience. Oh, it was fantastic. All I could find on this was that the release date of June 21st of this year, so I don't know where you can get it. Okay, so not out yet, unfortunately. Maybe it's on DVD. I couldn't find anything for VOD or anything, but um, I would like to own it, so Definitely. if you find out, you please message me. <laughs> Coming in at number seven for me, a little foreign film that we saw at Fantasia Fest called November. After this, we're switching up, and I'm going first. <laughs> why? Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I guess I understand why. Is it your next pick? You want to just talk about it right now? No, no, no. Okay, no problem. I, I have no idea what's coming up in the future. Go ahead. <laughs> November. Holy shit, guys. I mean, you're probably, like me, a sucker for black and white horror movies. I did Just for whatever reason, I go, oh, this will be good. There's, th there's nothing that says it'll be good based on the fact that it's black and white, but it's got my butt in the seat. I don't really know why. A movie that we had initially sort of passed on, like, oh, I, I think this is probably just going to be maybe a little too weird for us. And then, you know, seeing that it sold out the night that we went to go to the King Cohen documentary and all the, the sort of buzz from everybody at the bar afterwards, we immediately made sure that we, we got our hands on a screener for it. This was like watching an old folklore tale where no character is necessarily safe. Nothing is inherently good or evil. They are both at the same time. And it's kind of like a medieval story of love and how tragic that can be. I think I talked about it in the podcast. I compared it to Oscar Wilde stories because you have these characters that will give anything for love and then they sacrifice like their own life sometimes only to find out that this person just dismisses them entirely. And it's, it's so bleak and tragic and beautiful. And there is like a really creepy monster in that movie that I can't quite explain. It's like you take a spirit and put it into an object that now becomes farm equipment. And it just looks like a bunch of evil farm equipment. <laughs> right? I was going to say it's like Grim Reaper sights that are just like plunging into the ground and toiling the soil. And then th there's another moment where we, we take that same tool and we put that spirit into a snowman so our main character has somebody to talk to about love sick that he, that he, that he has brewing inside him. It's brilliant. I love this movie a lot. I had such a hard time finding any information on this movie because it's called November. It's an Estonian film and I, so it was like November Estonia 2017. It's It was really hard to find anything on the movie. I found the IMDb page. I do know that it's been uh, picked up by Oscilloscope who you may know from some other weirder movies like The Love Witch or even the that Banksy documentary Exit Through the Gift Shop. Their website currently says that it's going to be in theaters 2018. I, don't, I imagine it's going to be a relatively limited release but I would expect to see the movie probably early 2018 yeah and if you like really strange fairy tales and stuff definitely keep an ear to the ground for that film because it's super interesting yeah like it's it's not a totally linear film but it doesn't stray but it's too not far mother. <laughs> yeah it's not mother it's not like the craziest david lynch stuff you've seen but like it does have a story that you can follow i would call it david lynchian though That's, for sure yeah so kim my number seven 
is Get Out. Yeah, this yeah. is the best list. I know that's why I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna start going first now because you keep saying my movies right before I say them. That's okay. Let's let's switch it up. Um, but initially, I actually wasn't gonna have Get Out on my list. I really liked it when we saw it, and I was really impressed with it. But because it's been so long since I'd seen it, I thought a lot of it might have been the hype train. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's so much like positive noise around that film that I was like maybe I didn't actually like it as much as I thought I did and then you were like I want to rewatch it I need to find out where it is on my list and in rewatching it I fell in love with it all over again yep and you are so right and dead on on how simple the story is because the thing about Get Out is it's not a plot that we haven't seen before. We've seen like the, I'm bringing my significant other of another race home and there's going to be hijinks involved, only this one is the hijinks are horror. Mm-hmm. And it's about the tension and the story that... Jordan Peele brings the audience through because what I was saying earlier about the awareness that we have going into the film and I think the acting in this movie is just so on point. The one moment I cannot get over <laughs> is you know what I'm going to say the the scene with the cell phone and Georgina the maid where hopefully I'm not spoiling this I, I assume that everybody has seen I Get think Out it was in the trailer too yeah. by now where but I'm spoiling the oh I, I see what you're saying spoiling 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 the movie you've probably seen it but where the original Georgina is trying to break through in that fleeting moment and that actress is portraying the grandmother and the person that's also inside there in the sunken place and she's smiling and her eyes are so sad and that's when she's doing like the no 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 oh, no man it's i i don't think i've seen anything better than that moment in film this year yeah like great tension in a scene is having two characters having a conversation where they're more or less lying about their motivation like you know this person wants to kill somebody but they're being super nice to them like that immediately heightens the scene for Mm -hmm. you but every single scene in this movie and literally every character has two people living inside them yeah and it really comes through in their performance but the first time you watch that scene you have no idea what's really going on and it's still resonates with you as this is fucking creepy and upsetting and he needs to get out Mm -hmm. the second time you watch it and you know what's going on it's even darker it sits with you in such a weird uncomfortable way because you know in that moment you can see the glint in her eye that that second voice is trying to connect with him In what little motor skills she can take control of. And, yeah, and all her she can eyes. Really, yeah, all she can really muster is like a single tear. Oh right? my god. Kudos to that actress because I am still, I mm-hmm. that scene sits with me. It sits with me. That's a supporting actress role I'd like to see get an Oscar nomination. Can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be insane. Yeah. Grandma and get out. <laughs> Grandma! Um, I'm going to go with my number six. Yeah, please do. Number six. So, my number six is November. All right. (laughs) Yeah, uh, when we first started compiling this list, I think I I was going to have this as my favorite, but I wanted to rewatch it first, so I was like, I'm just going to stick it in the middle. Yeah, and because it's not out yet, we we, we don't have access to it anymore. I had to just sit with it in the middle, but (laughs) I am such a sucker for really dark fairy tales and this just filled that bucket to the brim Mm -hmm. and it's so creepy but the best part about it is you're immediately thrown into this world and it's not explained to you Mm -hmm. you 
you're not, there's no narrator who's like, we're in a fairy tale, and there's this princess, and there's this man who loves her, and she doesn't know. Like, you're not told anything. Yeah. And there's very strange things happening, and you have to deduce based on what these really poor, uneducated people from another time are talking about. Yeah. And they talk in a different way, so you have to really think and pay attention while you're watching it, or you will lose the story, because it, it is a little linear. There is a story to be told there's a love story and there's some haunting moments in the film but you really have to pay attention there's some really interesting stuff with ghosts and with the devil and and they're all actual tangible people that show up yeah but you have to listen to kind of it's all about word of mouth Mm -hmm. because that's all they had back then none of them could read or write so everything is kind of passed through people yeah and you have to pay attention to conversations because when that part comes up like when the devil shows up you kind of know a little bit about him already It's almost like in The Witch, where we have characters that are taking everything in the Bible as absolutely literal. Mm -hmm. And that's the real horror of that movie. In this, it's almost like we've taken old text that's been passed down for hundreds of years and treating mythology as actual people Mm -hmm. and putting it on the screen. It It was brilliant to watch. I can't wait for the movie to come out. Believe you me, I will let you know when that movie is available for purchase. So for me, coming up number six... Coco. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, number six, The Devil's Candy. Ooh. Yeah. I gotta, let, me, let me just do a count here. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Yes, that is actually number six. <laughs> not, did not number them, just wrote them down. I numbered mine. Okay. Another movie that we saw earlier in the year, which is on Netflix. I could have watched it a second time if I wanted to. I uh, just didn't find the time. But holy shit, I love this movie. It's heavy metal. It's rock and roll. It's selling your soul to the devil, but none of it's necessarily out there on Front Street. Like, it's it's there, they talk about it, it's inferred, and there's a sense of unease throughout the whole film. They don't come out and say, hey, uh, give me your daughter and you can have a successful painting career. But as an awkward conversation rolls out, you start to feel that they're not actually talking about giving his all quote-unquote to his art uh, so much as giving everything he has to his art it's done by the writer and director of the loved ones and i gotta say which will maybe come up on later in our list and just kind of in conversation throughout the year Australia has been fucking killing it this year with horror movies. Australia always kills it with horror movies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The creepiest short we saw all year from Australia as well. So kudos to you, mites. (laughs) 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 If you haven't seen it, The Devil's Candy follows Ethan Embry and his family as they move into a new house, which was previously the site of a double murder. But they get a good price. (laughs) But they they got a great price from a really nice man in a cowboy hat. Uh, And we followed them and how it affects them, how some darkness starts to sort of seep into Ethan Embry and out onto the canvas. It is brilliant. I loved everything about this movie. It's a rock and roll roller coaster. Like, if Guy Ritchie made a horror movie, this would be fucking it. That's fun. Okay. And you said where... Yeah, you said where it's... Yeah, it's available on Netflix right now. I know it's available on DVD. It was... I don't think the Blu-ray has come out yet. That's weird. Could be wrong. Yeah, no, it was, it was really strange. The like release was kind of weird on this movie. We really anticipated this movie. This was one of the our movies of 2017. <laughs> like, we need to see this when it comes out. It came out on v- VOD for a while and then finally landed on Netflix. Yeah. Then I think DVD. Yeah. But number five from me is Hounds of Love. Okay. So funny you should say Australia, because this is another Australian movie. We saw this back at the Mm -hmm. Overlook Film Festival in April, and 
it is a fictional kind of true crime movie. You follow this killer couple in Perth, Australia, who are on the hunt for a teenage girl to kidnap because the boyfriend husband has really gross, disgusting, sexual murdery compulsions yeah. that he acts on. Yeah, we, the movie opens with him getting rid of the last girl. Yeah, and you kind of see this this weird relationship between these two and kind of how they sickly fuel each other to be horrible people. Yeah. And y you wonder all kinds of things, like would he be this without her and what would she be without him? And it's, um, it's a very simple predictable story but it's not about the story it's mm -hmm. about the characters and i think it is a real dark glimpse of humanity and oh, yeah. it could be a true story true stories this dark exist all over the world so seeing it fictionalized in this way and done so accurately you're wondering like what was the source material here yeah because there's so many to choose from because that's what real killers are like yeah i remember reading that it was based on a true story but like you're saying, you could say that about... It could be any of them. It could them. be anybody's story. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just a girl who happens to accept a ride from some people she really shouldn't have and is never allowed to leave. I really enjoyed Berlin Syndrome. This was definitely my favorite captive movie, which are not usually movies that I'm nuts about. Yeah, I, it's surprising. You're, now that you say that, I have two on my list. <laughs> yeah, and year for captive films. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just a really good character study. I think the lead actor is so twisted and hard to watch yeah it won the audience award at the overlook film festival and kind of by no surprise yeah i think that was pretty single, unanimous yeah. from the audience yeah everybody all weekend that was the movie everybody was talking about yeah and that's actually since been released so you can get it on vod if you haven't seen it yet so number five for me mm -hmm. middle of the pack okay a sequel to a highly anticipated film creep 2 Oh, man. I am going to assume this is a little higher on your list than me. I have no answer. Uh, just <laughs> not necessarily because I think you liked it more than I did, but just because you haven't mentioned it yet. I have no idea what your number one is going to be, John. I have no idea. That's okay. We're going to figure it out in a few films. Every movie I thought was going to be your number one, you've already said. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. It, there was a time where I really thought that November would also be my number one film. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, we, we've seen a lot of good movies this year. I just feel like it would be cruel to make our number one for you guys a movie like, oh yeah, we saw this months ago and nobody can see it right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like so mean. <laughs> that would suck. I I, did, I was struggling with uh, this list thinking like, I, okay, I want to do ten movies that you could watch right now. But that was really hard and, you know, that would mean putting on movies that I I didn't think were my favorites of the year. Yeah. So at the very least, there is, there is a good mix of stuff that's available right now on VOD, on Netflix, and some that are coming soon in the new year for you guys to look forward to. Creep 2, however, available right now. It's on iTunes. I mean, like, it's on VOD platforms. It is coming to Netflix soon. I think it's coming Christmas. No so by, fucking way. Yeah, so I think by the time we release this episode, it should be on Netflix. That's great. Yeah. Guys, if you are on a budget this year and you haven't been able to see Creep 2 yet, but you loved Creep, you are going to fucking love this movie. I had such trepidation, I guess, going into it. I was really worried that it would not live up to the original. The original was such a weird, quiet... Surprise! Yeah, just like this <laughs> mumblecore horror that you wouldn't expect to 
go where it did or to be as effective as it was. And I do think that this movie took a really smart, clever turn and take on the original film. Like, what what is this character like after five or ten years? Um, what else can you do with it? Is it just going to be a rehashing of the first movie with a different character handling the camera? It's none of those things. It is a brilliant twist that actually evolves this character to a logical place and in some ways might even be better than the first creep. I st- I'm still undecided on that. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. I think y- you you were definitely right in saying it might be because it's <laughs> yeah, hard. Yeah. Might it's might. hard if you haven't seen the first creep. You don't necessarily need to watch it to watch the second one, but both films are so amazing that you should watch both. You don't necessarily have to watch them in order, but I mean, I would mm-hmm. to be like a completist. Oh yeah, I was gonna be like an elitist, but that's not right. <laughs> elitist <laughs> or elitist. <laughs> That's good. What number are we on? Number five. You might be on number four. I'm on number four. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, my number four is Devil's Candy. Nice. Yeah. Good I, movie. Yeah. yeah. I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> There's not too much I can say that you didn't already say, but as I said, it was kind of our most anticipated film of the year. We are huge fans of The Loved Ones. Oh, yeah. And I really like Ian Embry, <laughs> and I was interested to see him in a horror movie because we'd recently been watching him on the Netflix show, what is it, Gloria or what? Oh, Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie, where he plays a completely different character. Yeah. He's middle-aged, he's kind of sad. He, he's, yeah, he's he's <laughs> he's a recovering addict of hippie parents basically but to see this film it's so simple and you're right rock and roll and edgy but i expected everything to be out there and it to be this devil's ball but it's so subdued Mm -hmm. and it still delivers on all of those things you expected because the loved ones was so glam and glitzy for a horror film and so raw that devil's candy had to be that to continue his journey in horror, he had to deliver that tone again, but to still make this film that's arty and subtle, Mm -hmm. but like with the art and the music and stuff, he still held it to that vibe, but he didn't sacrifice the story he wanted to tell. Totally. Which I think made it all the more effective as a film. He's like an Edgar Wright of horror, we'll say. Yeah. I mean, Edgar Wright did do Shot of the Dead, but... But if if you take all of the comedy out of Edgar Wright, you get Sean Byrne. That is brilliant. That is a great way to describe it. Yeah. Okay, so for me, coming in at number four, The Ritual. I wow! Re- yeah, I really did not think I liked this movie more than you did. I didn't even think you were going to have it on your list. That's so funny. Well, because I didn't mention it near the bottom, you mean. I just didn't think it was going to be on your list. I-, I thought it was going to be one that was on my list that wasn't on yours. That's so funny. Guys, I think about this movie all the fucking time. I want to talk about it so much more. I want to talk about every detail of this movie, but I can't because it's not out yet, and that would be totally unfair to you. Like Kim was saying, there are these brilliant visual sort of nightmarish moments in the woods where we are blending the horror that they are facing out there in the wild and the the constant trauma that he's reliving. Um, You described it so much better than I did. (laughs) I might just be pulling it from your review for all I know. I'm a sponge. I just absorb Exactly. You had my rough copy from 20 minutes ago and you just polished it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, this this movie is kind of about the forces that drive us that we are obsessed with. The, you know, in, in, in some way you could, just, you could say the gods we worship 
I feel like I'm restraining myself right yeah, now. Yeah, it's hard to uh, talk about. But it's it's really interesting what you're saying, too, because they are so fueled by, by what matters to them most. But when the real horror starts happening, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The regret and the, the other individual elements. I mean, once the real horror starts happening, it's kind of got this really bleak human message of, oh, like, yeah. it doesn't fucking matter in yeah. the end. Like, ultimately, it's probably one of the more impressive character arcs that I've seen in a film. Like, you know, like, we've, we've got some characters that have some problems they gotta overcome. Like, I usually, like, roll my eyes or, like, shrug it off as bullshit. It's believable in this movie. It is so grounded in reality, and I need to pick up that novel. Yeah, I was like, we need to read We need the to read fucking that fucking book. book. <laughs> that was your number four? That's my number four. My number three is The Shape of Water. Wow! Okay. Yeah, so... I mean, Not even a if you want to know what, what I think do? about this movie, yeah. you can listen to the episode from two weeks ago. Yeah. We just rewatched it today. We just saw it in the theater. It just opened wide this weekend. So if you haven't seen it, it should be playing in a theater near you, finally. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful film. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's it, I don't want to be like a broken record. It's just a gorgeous film. The characters are so lovable and so emotional. And it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful stunning. to watch. Yeah. It's beautiful to feel. It, mm-hmm. It's a simple story. You, you. It's a love story. Yeah. It's, it's not quite horror, but man, is Guillermo del Toro a master at fantasy? Yeah. Right. He's the only dude that could have a movie full of blood and guts that you are willing to the shed a tear today, at. Right. We were the only people in our theater today. We saw a matinee. We, were the only ones that didn't buy a senior ticket. And, <laughs> and I was like, Do you know this is about a woman falling in love with a fish man? <laughs> Do you guys know that? And there's like masturbation, like in the. T- first three minutes i was like oh my god yeah maybe the first three minutes it could be the first 90 seconds of the movie <laughs> oh it's great um not the masturbation just the movie uh, <laughs> yeah that, that movie's beautiful and i'm looking forward to talking about it in a minute or two <laughs> so for me my number three movie is low life Yes, now a genre film. Again, not necessarily horror. A movie that we saw at Fantasia Fest, a movie we almost missed. I've talked about it a lot in this podcast. I also wrote a a pretty loving review of it. I think uh, I will give you full credit for this line. Uh, At the end of the review, I believe I said that I lucha adored it. (laughs) Because the movie follows a luchador who has been more or less disgraced rather than winning hearts in the ring and crushing his opponents. He is essentially a bodyguard for one of the most despicable people in the criminal underworld of LA. He assists people with underage prostitution and a black market organ donation ring and... It is much like Pulp Fiction, where we see a large cast of characters with their own stories that sort of intersect in a very, like, bloody, gun battle type way. It is absolutely fantastic. It, like, like I said, it is very much not a horror movie. You couldn't place it in a genre, though. No, but it, it's genre fans that are going to appreciate this movie most. Yeah, definitely. Like something like Bone Tomahawk. It's not a horror movie, but chances are you, listening to this podcast, have seen it because it's full of blood and guts, and this movie is no different. It has some of the best practical special effects I've seen this year, outside of, you know, Game of Death we've talked about a few <laughs> times. And, you know, much like Shape of Water, it's, it's grotesque, it's beautiful, it has fucking heart in it, and... It's just one of the tightest, most interesting scripts that uh, that I've watched. This I year. will. The thing is, is, I agree with you on all these fronts, and it it's not on my list. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's just not my type of film. But I will agree with you. It is probably the tightest script, the tightest story. Oh yeah, it's so fast and furious, and 
You, you can't say the term Fast and Furious anymore because of that <laughs> damn movie. They, they, you they've can't, stolen You it. can't say it anymore. All the time when I'm writing reviews, I'm like, this was Fast and Furious. I, I can't say that. Nope. Nope. It's gone. No. So, yeah, it's very efficient <laughs> and speedy in haste. <laughs> My number two mm-hmm. is Creep 2. Okay. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what your number one is. Um, Did you think it was my number one? I wasn't sure. I didn't even know where it was going to be on my list. I just It was one of the first movies that I wrote down because mm. it did not disappoint and it very easily could have. And I think that deserves so much more credit. I don't know. I'm kind of a horror elitist, as I said. Mm-hmm. I don't normally put sequels and stuff on my list. Not yeah. because they're not good, but generally they're not good. <laughs> and for an original story to expand itself, something that's so small and just an exploration of one creepy dude and have it be engaging the second go around, I think that was no small feat. Mm-mm. It had a really high bar to hit and I did it. It at least did it. I, I, I still haven't decided if I like it more than the original Creep because it was such a pleasant surprise the first time. And Mark Duplass can play a creep like nobody's business, I, right? Oh, he the thing about that character is he's so erratic that even though you know not to trust anything he does, you have no idea what he's going to do. So all you can do is watch him. But the movie is so silently uncomfortable. Oh yeah. It's that same sense of dread as get out where you know something is wrong and you know this person is not good but he's so volatile that you don't even know the best course of action like Mm -hmm. is it to leave i don't think so i think you need to trick him to leave yeah a guy like him is playing up on the idea that you would rather get creeped out i was just gonna say that you would rather sit around in a potentially dangerous situation than... Be impolite. Yeah, exactly, right? Which I think is what most creeps and murderers are preying on, to be perfectly honest. So guys, be as rude as you fucking want if you think you're about to die. Or, like, I mean, unless you can get find a safe way to get out of there, but, I mean, if you if you get vibes, GTFO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust your vibes. Trust those vibes. So, oh. my number two film. Okay. Hounds of Love. I super fucking love this movie, and I really thought that it was going to be the number one movie on my list all year. I mean, like, I've said that about a few movies, but this one was guaranteed. It was like, okay, I mean, like, maybe I really liked November, but it's got to go up against Hounds of Love. I don't know what to say about this movie that you haven't already said. It is... No, it's okay. It's it's absolutely brilliant if... uh, I mean, like, we're from Canada, so this might not necessarily track outside, but if you are familiar with people like Carla Homolka... We said this to everybody. Okay. Whenever we talk about this movie, we were like, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka? We probably said it when we talked about it in the previous episode. Oh, good point. But... I don't know how nobody else knows about that. I just assumed that was, like, a huge case. Like, I thought that was up there with Ted Ted Bundy. Bundy. (laughs) But apparently not. This is a Canadian thing. Yeah, if you're a true crime fan and you have not heard of Carla Homolka and Paul Bernardo... I mean, like, it's going to bum you out a little bit, but I, I know who you are. You you, you want to see the most twisted minds uh, and the, the terrible things they Ted did. Ted Bundy meets the Poughkeepsie tapes. All right, Ted Bundy <laughs> finds a girlfriend who's like girl Ted Bundy. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. We have Ted Bundy times two. Oh, and they terrorized Toronto for a very long time. 13 years, I think. That's insane, yeah. No, he was a, just a rapist for 13 years, I this, think. So this is what people and... usually say. Paul Bernardo was a rapist until he met Carla Homolka, and then he became a serial killer. That's their relationship in a nutshell. Hounds of Love is the kind of movie where you feel like you have inside access to a story that you should not know anything about. It's hideous. It's grotesque. It's 
engaging. Like, you really are sucked into the story, and the relationship between all three of them is insane. It is a love triangle between fucked up people. There's a girl who does not want to be there whatsoever. She's chained to a bed, and she's been raped a bunch. Uh, and then you've got the girlfriend who is upset with the guy who's raping this girl because now she feels like she's inadequate, and it, it, you see this girl trying to survive by sort of being nice to them and going along with whatever she can, but also trying to pit the two of them against each other so one of them gets angry enough to let her go. We're also following the family as they're looking for her, and it is just so desperate and just hard to watch at so many moments. Mm-hmm. I know at your moment you're thinking about, and I remember, like, gripping my seat in the theater being like, I think I have to get up and leave. <laughs> I know. A lot of people, A lot of people talk about that scene <laughs> without actually talking about it on the internet. Yeah, but um, two big things for me. Probably the best use of a Joy Division song that I've ever seen in my entire life, if you're a Joy Division fan. And also the opening credits. What are the opening credits? Yeah, I'm surprised you don't remember this. I don't the, remember this. The those. opening credits for me so perfectly describe everything that we're about to see. Very close-up shots. We're looking at just the eyes of our killers in a car. Oh, it's the volleyball, through. right? It's, it's, see, it's not volleyball. Or I don't like know, softball I don't know what game it is. It's some sort of... Weird Australian sport. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing mystery sport and we're watching, <laughs> we're just watching the reflection of their eyes in the mirrors and like he's, he's leering at these girls. She's also watching the girls, but kind of looking at him. Like we're getting a, a sense of the relationship just in a few glances right at the beginning. And we're watching the shadows of these girls' hands as they pass across each other. And it's just for a moment, you're kind of in, you can see what he's looking at there. Like, he wants to be that shadow that's all over them, and it's ew. just, it, yeah, no, totally. It's ew. really, really unsettling to watch. I want to watch that movie, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can right now. I know that it is out. Um, it's available. I, I don't know that it's available on VOD. It's it definitely, is VOD. Yeah, VOD, DVD, Blu-ray, I think you already mentioned it, so I'm sorry for repeating it, but um, this was a movie that was very hard to walk out of a dark theater into a bright, sunny day. Oh, and we had the rest of the day to watch movies, and I was like, I I'm sad now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's 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 a movie to look out for. I, I've met very few people that's, that have seen it that didn't say it was at least one of the best movies they saw this year. Okay, are you ready for my number one? I am ready for your number one, and I have a feeling it's going to be a movie that I didn't include in my list that I'm upset that I didn't. That means you don't know what it is. Because my number one is Super Dark Times. Wow! No <laughs> fucking way! Yeah, Holy I shit. and I didn't say anything after we watched it. I just like shut my mouth and I just <laughs> sat on it. I figured you were just like, oh, she liked it. Good. Okay. Uh, I love that movie. I think it was a really simple story, but it was an art in misdirection. And you are taken on a journey as an audience where you're completely cloaked to the story and you follow the protagonist and his suspicions and all you can see is the things that fuel his suspicions in this story and that's all you have to go off of. I flip-flopped so many times in the movie as to like what he believes to be true true. Is it not true? Mm -hmm. And I was surprised up until the very end and it's so beautifully shot and it's a very small story. You're following very. a group of teenage boys after something happens <laughs> and what kind of happens to them in the fallout of that and mm -hmm. how they they choose to deal with it and the secrets and trusting each other and suspecting each other and yeah, yeah i was fucking blown away yeah there's there's a lot to that movie that i, I do really want to keep talking about but um and i'm so surprised it. it was your number 10 and i was <laughs> honestly like i i think i think it deserves to be higher on my list i'm just i was worried that i just having seen it so recently i was worried that uh it's it was just uh the one that was fresh in my head, right? But 
Yeah, I'm glad I included it in my top ten. For a while, it was <laughs> it was just going to be honorable mentions, but uh, I needed to have it there. Yeah, I loved it. And I... I bumped out a fucking movie that I so wanted to talk about. <laughs> well, you can talk about it in your honorable mentions. I will. Before we get to that, though, I'm going to talk about my number one film. Probably no surprise at this point. My number one, Guillermo del Toro's Shape of Water. I think... Oh, yeah, you didn't say that yet. <laughs> no, I haven't said it yet. Honestly, outside of anything, horror or comedy, I think it is the best movie that I've seen all year. I think it's the best genre film. I think it's the best film regardless. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's moving. It's haunting. It's it's everything that I've ever wanted uh, in a movie. The, in this fucking movie, there... <laughs> Some people die in some really shocking ways, and also you cry. Like there, it has everything. This movie is a fucking roller coaster of everything that makes a movie that John would like. Yeah. Like you said, not to sound like too much of a broken record because we did gush over it uh, just a short two weeks ago. It is in the theater right now. If you like Guillermo del Toro films, or you're looking for a, I want to say family movie, but it's not a family movie. Yeah, like, if you're looking for a more conventional movie than you would typically see in the horror genre, this is it, Where, but it still caters to you in a weird way. It's, yeah. It's still for genre fans while being a completely conventional mm-hmm. film. Yeah, if, if you are going to the movies with your family this year and you don't want to see Star Wars, try and get them to go see this because I think they will walk away really enjoying it and it'll be something that is at least up your alley, closer to your interests. I cannot stop thinking about that movie. We just watched it again for the second time. I want to go back. I want to see it again. It might be my favorite movie of his. I'm having a hard time figuring out right now uh, whether or not it's my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie. Or I'm re- I would be really upset with you if, if, it, was. if it passed Crimson Peak. It's, well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> I would right? be personally offended. <laughs> that's that's what I, I have to, to wait on. I, I got to watch uh, I gotta watch it 18 more times, uh, and then I got to watch Crimson Peak again and decide. I think right now I'm Crimson Peak, Pan's Labyrinth, Shape of Water. Yeah, um, for me, Crimson Peak, Shape of Water tied for number one, Pan's Labyrinth number three, number two, yet to be determined. Whoa! <laughs> oh, I guess you have to leave two open. Yeah, exactly. What it, is. <laughs> it is a fucking incredible movie. I will not be surprised when it wins an Oscar, uh, when it wins several Oscars, I think. And it's got Michael Shannon. He's the greatest bad guy there's ever been, ever, in everything. Ugh. That's awesome. Uh... Hey there. Sorry to interrupt. We're going to put a huge pause on the show for a second because we have something to admit. Yeah, call this cheating. Call it errors and omissions. Call it what you will, but we had to fix a tiny mistake. We both left a very important film off our list this year. So um, I'm going to add a .5 bumper and maybe do a top 11 films. And uh, it's my episode, and that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to blame myself for this one. I was the person responsible for putting together the list of films that we saw in 2017. I really don't know how we missed this one. I did write a review on this film like two months ago on our website. Oh, so, so it's your fault. Maybe I should have also remembered the film, but I did not. We both forgot about my friend Dahmer, and I think both of us would have put that film on our list had we have thought about it. I had such a hard time trying to put most of this list together, I don't even know what I'd take out. I See, I just went fast and furious, and I was like, well, if I don't think about it, it doesn't count. And I didn't think about this, and I, I don't know why I did not, but I'm really sad that it wasn't on my list, so I'm putting it on my list. Consider it a 1.5, 
because that's how high it would have been. It would have been my number two spot. So we can bump my number 10 if we have to, make it an honorable mention, or we can just pretend that top 10s have 11 films in them and yeah. call it a day. So It's like a baker's dozen of films, guys. <laughs> Buy 10, get one free. Oh, this is a steal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea where I'd put it in my list. I, I definitely know it'd be included in there somewhere. This movie does have a limited theatrical release right now at the time of recording on their website. You know, they list L.A., New York, Phoenix. I know it's coming to Toronto again soon. And no news yet on the DVD Blu-ray release. So expect it sometime early, mid-2018 to land on VOD platforms and your local Walmart. But if you are near any major city that is playing this film, I would highly recommend checking it out. It's creepy. It's tense. It's definitely more drama than horror, but it is so uncomfortable and unsettling that as a horror fan, you will be among friends at the screening. Yeah. But uh, sorry for the interruption. Uh, you can resume your regular show and just remember uh, how big a dummies we are. Probably not hard to do. <laughs> My biggest surprise from you on the list was I did not expect Super Dark Times to be your number 10, and I thought Low Life was going to be your number one. Yeah, it, it could have just as easily been. Um, I almost didn't include it on the list because it is very not horror, but it is very, very genre. And I'm honestly, I'm kind of surprised it's not my number one pick. I love that movie. Oh, I love that movie. I love all of these movies, to be honest. It was, you know... It was a year for movies, but it was also a good year for movies. <laughs> there there were a lot of great movies that we saw. Um, there are some obvious ones that we did not talk about whatsoever, including movies like It. Yeah, I was surprised that it was on neither of our lists. I, I Honestly, I, I knew for certain it wasn't going to be on my top ten. I thought there was maybe a chance that it would make your like number ten spot, but I figured if I didn't hear it right away, it wasn't going to be there at all. Which I think is probably unlike a lot of other people's lists this year. I think it's going to be pretty well received. Mm-hmm. It was a good movie, but we'll get into that in, like, our honorable mentions bit. So, surprises in your list? Definitely very surprised that the Super Dark Times was number one. Yeah. Oh, man, the movie was good. I was I was very surprised that Berlin Syndrome made it on there. Like, surprised, but not surprised. The biggest surprise for me was how low on the list The Ritual was. I thought that was going to be, like, your number two movie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I think I need to rewatch it, but... Yeah. We're not done with our tops of 2017. We want you guys to head to Twitter because all of our contributors have shared their favorite films of 2017 and also their favorite articles from NOFS Podcast because we launched our brand new website earlier this year and we've taken on a huge team of amazing writers and since August we've been throwing out editorials and news articles and there's so much stuff there and they've picked out their favorites of the year and you can find that at our Twitter page at NOFS Podcast. Also, we want to hear what your favorite films were of 2017. Tweet at us, at NOFS Podcast. I want to hear your number one movie. If you can, I mean, if you got 280 characters, I want to hear all 10 of your favorite movies. <laughs> like, you can talk in code. I'll figure it out. No it's explanations. No, like, take no, it no. all in vowels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's essentially like reading a list of bands from 2017. Oh, vowels. Like, historians are going to look back and be like, why did they just get rid of their vowels? Like, everybody did. <laughs> Doesn't make any goddamn sense. There's a pretty good chance your favorite movie was a movie we didn't even actually talk about. But that's because we are saving our honorable mentions, the ones that got away this year, for an exclusive episode we are doing with Patreon. Yeah, so hopefully before the new year, we're going to have that bonus Patreon episode up. And we're going to talk about all of the films that just didn't quite make the cut. And we're going to play an end-of-year game over there. So John's got a really awesome game 
planned that kind of has to do with 2017 in the numbers. Yeah, absolutely. We are going to be comparing box office totals versus budget to see what the most profitable films were. I'm going to test Kim's box office knowledge. This should be good. Yeah, this should be really good. This should be real fun. We wanted to save our honorable mentions for patrons uh, as a big thank you for your continued support this year. Head over to patreon.com slash nightmare on film street to check out all the bonus content that you can get, including our extended top 10 episode. Thank you again, guys, for an amazing 2017, for subscribing, for downloading, for rating, for reviewing, following us on social media, and all of the amazing stuff you do. This show would not exist without you and your support and your listens and your tweets. Your involvement in this show helps guarantee that it will continue for another year. Uh, and, you know, 2017 was a great year for the podcast. I think we did a lot of incredible things that I really didn't think we would do. Yeah, we drove across the country, yeah. and we've gone to several states. We've gone to so many festivals. We've, we've met so, so many, many fans. Yeah. yeah, and it's so crazy now when we go to horror events and people, like, recognize us, and it's it's just this, like, little podcast that's done so much, and it's really kind of immersed us in the horror community in a way that we've never been before, mm -hmm. and I can honestly say that I have friends kind of all over the place now, which is kind of crazy yeah. so thank you guys so much for an amazing year and hope you guys have an amazing new year an amazing 2018 and hopefully horror is just as good in 2018 as it was to us in 2017 there are some movies that i am super looking forward to kim what's your highest most anticipated meg film meg <laughs> meg Meg! Or is it like The Meg? I think it's The Meg now. I mean, for me, it's probably going to be more Halloween. I'm so looking forward to that Halloween release. Just, like, knowing who's involved in it and what's going into that movie. I, I have such faith that that movie is going to be the second best Halloween film in the whole franchise. I'm trying to stay away from the hype train. I know. <laughs> because all of the news has been really interesting. And all of the decisions made have been very, very smart. Right. So... <laughs> I don't want to get my hopes up because it could be the best movie ever or it could just be a really strange attempt 40 years later. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm trying yeah. I'm trying not to get on the hype train because I think it's going to be really good but I don't want to go into the film with any expectations because I want it to blow me away. I'm just Try and not... Blank it. Yeah, yeah, like I write news articles but I, I don't even let myself feel it about just... it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, one last thing. I know I keep packing a lot at the end of this episode. On the count of three, I want us both to say the worst movie we saw this year. One, Wait, I'm two. not ready. I'm not okay. ready. I, you, I haven't thought about this. You've got three seconds to think about well, it. Well, I'm probably going to say The Bye Bye Man because we talked about it earlier, but I don't... <laughs> what movies made me mad? Oh, I got it. Ready. Okay, so one, two, three. The Mummy. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're both mother mummies. That actually worked a little better than I thought it would. Yeah. Okay, well, that's it from us this week, guys. We'll be back at you again in the new year. Yeah. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Neither do I. Okay. We're going to have to figure it out because it's like Christmas week and we're going to have to stay sober enough to do an episode and watch movies. So We're Canadian. We're built for it. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll yeah, be fine. totally coherent. All we got to do is just watch the movies and talk about it. It's <laughs> super easy. All right, guys. Stay, stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. Just long enough to tell the tale of the nightmare on Film Street. Ow! Help us grow the horde. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation on Twitter by following at NOFS Podcast. And as always, 
more terror can be found lurking on our website, www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com. Until next week, stay creepy, fiends.